heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. You know what's odd about this particular time around going into this election is that it almost doesn't matter what policy you pick or what you're going to vote on. Basically, all the policies of the White House and the administration right now basically suck. You understand? There's none of them that are benefiting anybody. And here's the thing about this as well to clarify this. This isn't a Democrat or Republican point I'm making because whatever's happening with the economy and the wallet and the immigration and the crime, guess what? When people go to, you know, mug you on the street or shoot you or whatever, they don't ask you first for your voter ID card. You know, you're a Republican or a Democrat, by the way. I don't really know, you know, or I'm an independent. It really doesn't matter. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter to me either. Bang, you're dead. Yeah, I mean, right, right. It's the same thing with the. Uh, you know, immigration with all of that, the crime and all of that, they don't ask you if you're a Republican or Democrat. And neither does the, uh, the does the cashier at the uh, grocery store either, by the way. So here's the point. All of these uh, policies impact every American. Let's be clear. It impacts everybody. OK. All right. So coming into an election like this, it's important. And what our job will be to do over the next week and a half here is to really inform uh, the electorate the best we can with these policies in real world data. Not again to be blown smoke at everybody, but to really get into the facts and figures and understand what's really going on. This time around, it is crime is a big deal, it appears. Now, I see the talking point uh, in the last day here uh, from a. Hillary Clinton, who can never stop. I mean, she's she is endless. Uh, it's it just when you think she's gone away somewhere, she comes back out with some talking points, you know. And I seen the talking points from her in saying that uh, she believes all of the cities are perfectly safe. That oh yeah, everything's cool in paradise, you know. Uh, and I'm not sure where she gets that information from, but it's surely not what we understand here. Let's dive into crime today, friends, and see if we can't educate each other a little bit uh, as to what's really going on and how much of an impact this is going to have on the election here in the 2022 midterms. Join us on the broadcast here will be Sergeant Betsy Smith is here, and she's a spokesperson for the National Police Association. You hear her many times on the network and, and many on many networks, uh, actually, uh, all over the country. Uh, informing people about these policies. And uh, Lieutenant Dave Smith is here as well. And uh, Dave is probably one of the most recognized police trainers in the country, maybe the universe for that matter, I don't know. Yeah, successful author, trainer, and uh, many in the uh, field of uh, law enforcement known by J.D. Buck Savage, in fact. And uh, uh, Sergeant Betsy, Lieutenant Dave, I'd like to put the credentials out there. It's good to have both of you here on The Voice of a Nation. Hey, thanks for having us this afternoon, yep. Malcolm. It's always great to be here. It's a privilege always to have you guys. Thank you. I always feel like you are you can inform people. You you know better than anybody of what's really going on. So let's start here. Let's start with uh, what I'd like to understand. To, so we're not just fibbing the people and yelling at the top of our lungs here. But let's talk about the latest real crime stats or the escalation of the crime for real now in urban, suburban and rural markets 
And let's start there, and then we'll talk about how this is going to impact people's mindsets as they vote. But uh, you hear this comment from Hillary Clinton saying that she thinks the cities are all fine. But what are we looking at in real stats and real numbers? Let's take a little bit of time here and go through some of the troubled markets and what people need to be understanding about crime right now, please. Well, first of all, Malcolm, for Hillary Clinton, uh, the cities are safe because she has the Secret Service following mm. her everywhere. And uh, she doesn't have to worry about crime. And and this is the problem that we're having is we have the elites in this country saying, you know, everything's fine and I'm fine, you know, because they don't have to deal with crime. But what we have been seeing um you know, just in the last couple of years since 2020 is this exponential rise in violent crime in the country. But we need to go back really to around 2014 to talk about the rise in crime in this country, because it didn't it didn't just start with George Floyd and and it has nothing to do with COVID. You know, in the in the 90s, we were able to get a real handle on crime in this country because we had a real problem in the late 80s and into the into the early 90s. Um, and then we passed the we passed the crime bill that nobody wants to talk about. We'll talk what, about what, that. When was that? You know, hold on. I'm trying in my mind, uh, Betsy, to talk, uh, think about Giuliani, New York, uh, the crime, the policies that changed that. When about are you talking about with that, that crime bill? When was it? Yeah, about 94, 95, if you remember, the we had a national, a national, I mean, immense problem in crime. Literally, uh, if, if you go through the uh, uniform crime statistics, by, by 1993, it had just become, we're like nine, uh, we're at right now at 6.2, 6.52 per 100,000, you know, uh, back then we were in the nine. Oh, so hold on, there. so not nine something back then and about six something now? Is that right, what you're right. Saying? Yeah, I mean, and again, those are the kind of numbers. It's hard to just relate to it, but it's that per capita crime. No, but that helps. That helps. You're talking per 100,000 people. Right. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. horrific. Well, along came uh, uh, Dr. DeLulio's super predator theory and all those things. And uh, and uh, if you remember, there in 94, there was an election and the Congress swung Republican for the first time, or the, the, the House swung Republican. And all of a sudden, Bill Clinton went to the center. And everybody talks about that to the end, forgets right, it. Right. So he went to the center. They passed the crime bill, which which is interesting because Hillary was actually uh, attacked in her run in 16 for having supported the crime bill. But what it did lead to was the record low crime rate by the 2000s. Uh, we incarcerated in a, a lot of bad people, uh, which we know is how you lower crime <laughs> crime is committed by a thin veneer of people and we all know that uh, they get out they commit crime they go back they commit crime they go back and so what we're seeing now is is these theories by 2014 when the war on cops begins they're they're undoing all of those programs and reforms of the of the 1990s and we're heading back up again at a really dramatic rate now because uh you know, starting in 16, the Soros uh, strategy of uh, getting these progressive uh, uh, prosecutors in place, which is just another part of the of the pie, so to speak, uh, of that. Uh, you talk about the district attorneys, the DAs that uh, Soros exactly. has been doing. And, and do we let me slow down just a moment. I got a couple of questions. So when is the um, 
Do we have any idea? And I think I might have answered this before even, but what are we talking in numbers for these DAs? Is there any accountability or is it just a wild guess as to how many of these corrupted DAs we're, we're dealing with? Any idea? What are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, we, we have about 50 to 60 of these extremely progressive district attorneys and states attorneys okay. around this nation and and the the problem is malcolm is most of them are in some of the largest counties and largest right, urban right, areas right. in this country which yes. is what they were targeting betsy obviously exactly. well, yeah, if you're gonna I mean, spend they, money you, know, you might as well get your money's worth right sure was probably right thinking, we right? started yeah. you know they started in cook county illinois mm-hmm. with kim fox you know chicago one of the most violent cities in the country and then you know New York, L.A., San Francisco, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And um, and, you know, this is this is all part of that. And I don't I'm not a conspiracy theorist by any any means. But this this all feeds into this national war on cops and and the the push of something called procedural justice that we in law enforcement have been hearing about for, you know, 15, 20 years. Right. This is that theory that went to law schools from the old uh, criminology theory that crime is created by a friction between some kind of institutional uh, imbalance, either racism or capitalism or whatever. You pick your flavor because it can be feminist theory. uh, It can be uh, communist theory. It can be critical race theory. They all use the same. Uh, the terms just simply shift. Uh, the theory is, is rooted in this, that there's systems. If you have a disparity, for instance, in any kind of uh, population in prison, then therefore that demonstrates the proof, the equity proof is a, the term you hear constantly of some kind of problem systemic to uh, the way we arrest people, the way we prosecute people and not, not ever people's conduct. And that's been a trend nationally. We've seen this, that, that that law school, and that's part of the problem. You know, you know, Malcolm, you say how many are elected? What well, we really don't know because law right, schools right. themselves are generating this 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 theory constantly. And that's that's one of the real problems. And it's not something they put on their resume, obviously. You know? <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, exactly. yeah, we're part of the Soros coup, right? The cabal, you know. Right. right. Um, and, I, and you can, you don't have to have Soros money to be a Soros backer. Right. No, not at all. I, I want to come back to, uh, uh, I think, a big point here uh, that I, it's, I'm thinking here now, guys. Um, you mentioned back then, uh, Dave, when you were looking at the stats of per 100,000 in the crime, that, uh, I want to focus on that a second here. You were talking back, I believe, in the 90s back there, you were, we, were, we were really high in the 80s, about what point? Uh, over nine, right? Per 100,000. Yeah, Okay. And then you're saying now it's at six. What I'm trying to understand now over this, I don't know if you have the stats there or you can determine what I'm I'm thinking here, but in order for us to explain to people where we are in the trajectory of this crime per 100,000 of people looking at the stats, if we're, we're not as bad as we were then, if we're, you know, six something versus nine something, but what does that really mean? Like, like, where was we a year ago? Where was we five years ago? Where was we six months ago? Like, where's the trajectory of this? Do we have any clue or any idea where, the, you know, we go back to the nine and then the six and per 100,000? You know what I'm asking? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Here, I'll just give you a perspective because, again, I, I, what I have in my hand are, are graphs, which makes it difficult to get specific numbers. Right, right. But let's say by 1992, uh, we were around uh, point uh 9.8 9.9 i mean it was terrible i mean this is just a good number to use regardless think in your mind one through ten with ten being an absolute terrible 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 number right 
And now, again, you see this decline. You got the crime bill passed. You see this decline, decline, decline down to the 5.5 area uh, by the end of the 90s. And then 2001, you have this huge spike because we get all the criminality from the 9-11 attack, all those numbers put in there. So it's hard to right. say. But then How low did right. it go after that in the 2000s? How low did we go, Dave? Did we well, get we, were, we were pretty much right there at that 5.6, 5.7. Uh, it went way down and then, uh, you know, it's, it's really good. We, we drop, uh, we drop into the fours at, uh, uh, at the end of the Bush era. And then we, we, uh, when Trump was in office, I wonder what that was compared to now. Even I will tell you in just a second here, if I, well, and understand this, when, when, when Trump came into office, you know, Uh that was, Eight years, and we're going to talk about this. That was eight years of the Obama administration's war on cops and, frankly, war on the United States. So so there were huge problems during the Obama administration where we had this resurgence of procedural justice and talking about the justice system as racist and and, um, the push toward de-incarceration. You know, you cannot de-incarcerate in other words get people out of uh prison and and uh and not imprison them in the first place in any meaningful way without endangering the citizenry right right and that's the thing you see this crime rate goes into the fours actually at the beginning of the obama administration when he was projecting this relative sense of moderation but he was starting to hint at the, you know, with the beer summit and the other issues that he would present. Police acted Police stupidly. Said, well, and then then comes, you know, the Michael Brown incident in 14 and then his full court press, you know, his policing in the 21st century, which is a screed against the practice of law enforcement. Mm-hmm. And then you start seeing it by 2015. Now it's starting to climb dramatically. Uh it calms down during the uh, Trump administration. It drops back down to right at 5.0. I mean, it goes, you know, from 5.5 to 5.0. And now with the uh, with this new administration, again, you see this huge spike uh, to 6.52, and it's going up. So we we uh, everyone needs to understand. Also, I'm not trusting the data that's being given by the FBI because they're mm-hmm. leaving out huge chunks of data. And, and some of the major urban centers are no longer reporting. Right. Understand that the uniform crime reports that the FBI puts out every year, those are uh, not required reporting. So okay. this year, when the FBI came out with their stats for 2021, they were missing 40% of the data. So when you see that report from the federal government that says, well, crime is starting to go down, they're missing 40% of the data from cities like Los Angeles. Now, Betsy, so, let, let me ask you a real question. Why, why? I mean, honestly, what is the, do they give a reason why they do that and or for real? And why do you think they're doing that? Is it intentional or is it part of the systematic way they count this stuff? Well, there's a couple of things. First of all, law enforcement organizations in this country are incredibly shorthanded and, and, you know, especially in these larger agencies, these are giant bureaucracies Mm -hmm. and you have to have someone who collects collates and then reports this data to the FBI. And when, when a bureaucrat is not required to do something very often, they're not going to do it. Then you also have political issues where, you know, for example, a city like Los Angeles, if their crime is on the rise, 
they may not want to report that to the FBI because a city like Los Angeles is notoriously left wing and they have their own issues. So, so we, you know, we've got a couple of things happening here that lead to um, b- bad data is really the only way to, to put it. Okay. So we may not be dealing with all of the data. And I, I you always wonder what the reason is, but we don't really know uh, why we're not getting all of the information. So the numbers could be worse than what they appear to be, I guess, is what you're saying. We don't. Well, and we believe that they are. I right, mean, there's, right. you know, there's, there's, you know, a lot of, again, a lot of people, you know, like to say, well, you know, things are getting better. You know, for example, homicide is down one and a half percent in the city of Chicago. Well, that's just great. Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that that means nothing to the residents of the city of Chicago. We also have to look at it's not just about homicides, Malcolm. It's also about right. Right. quality of life crimes like retail theft, carjacking. Well, I wanted to ask you about that. Now, let's go there now, because I'm seeing and, and again, I don't know how to put this into context for real world information for folks. But I, the sense I've gotten is it, and can you give me anything to back this up? that carjackings are in fact i've seen videos of them and like they're insane supposedly and there are some cities and again i i'd like you to almost to tell us also where the biggest crime areas are but i'm seeing i'm sensing some that you just simply can't get out of your car and leave it in any sense because they will somebody will get in knock you over the head and take the car so malcolm what we're seeing is an increase in carjackings which again is a violent crime that's not just a a uh, theft it's where somebody you know opens up your car door maybe whacks you in the head points a gun in your face whatever it is and takes your car well and everything in the car too betsy like including maybe your baby so we have we have that happening and and it's not just in the urban areas it is also in the suburban areas, including what most people would consider relatively wealthy suburbs. So that's one of the things we're seeing now is crime is going from the poor urban areas Mm -hmm. into the suburban areas where people have, uh, for the last several elections, been voting for more progressive policies, thinking they're doing the right thing. Mm. And now they're seeing the effects of that. Mm. So so it's this is becoming a real problem for us. And, you know, we have an opportunity here in a week and a day to get this situation under control. And I I, I hope people pay attention yeah. to what's Well, that's happening. why I wanted to do this program, actually. You know, I remember when, um, back to what Dave was saying moments ago uh, with the numbers with Trump versus the Obama years and where they were. And I remember crime was starting to become a little issue then at the end of the uh, Obama's term. I do remember that we reported on it. And I also recall that Trump was really made it a big focus in 2015 and 2016 that he was a law enforcement. uh, It was so out of control. He made it a big uh, campaign. Remember that talking point? That, Absolutely, uh, he yes. was a law and law and order president. In fact, he supported uh, law, law enforcement. He, I mean, everybody knows that was his stick. He made it a big deal, and he, you know, in a, he seemed to fulfill many of the the things that uh, he promised. Uh, uh, from what I gather in law enforcement, and now we're seeing the reverse of that. Uh, but you know, a lot of this was back to what you guys always talk about with the war on cops, the defunding the police. I mean, these were stupid ideas. Uh, that the mm-hmm. radical Marxist left come up with to sort of create, again, an environment of instability, which is what these people want, it's what they live for. 
and uh, and and they kind of placated to that. So the real question becomes with the electorate: carjackings, uh, house burglaries, that sort of thing. These are these are very uh, egregious crimes when they happen to you because. Right. You know, these are tough. I mean, you lose your car, you lose your purse in the car, or like such a bitch you said, or the kid in the back seat of the car, even carjacking's a big deal. Uh with well, all and that. Yeah. You know, here's the thing, Malcolm, with you know, for example, a burglary in many urban areas, including mm-hmm. where we live in Tucson, Arizona, the police no longer come with a crime scene team to uh your residential burglary, for example. You just do a a report over the phone. Is that because there's too many, uh, Betsy, or what's the reason for that? And or, there's not enough cops. Oh, okay. Know? So, okay. so this, yeah. this, this is all just a big stew. In other words, they have um, to prioritize the crimes, obviously, right? Well, yeah, and yeah. and you know, a residential burglary isn't seen as a a violent crime, but Dave and I have both handled hundreds of burglaries over the years and our years in law enforcement. And honestly, it is one of the most egregious crimes. Right. It violates the, it, it, think you're, it's the sanctuary of your home being violated, your property being taken, often defaced and damaged. And so there's, there's this tremendous amount of, of violation to the, to the citizenry. And, and part of it, everybody needs to remember, you know, when you're saying the Trump era, he was not able to take control of the major urban centers. You saw this again, the Soros push for prosecutors. And you got you again, you saw that that almost all urban centers in the United States are are a singular party. They are the democratic run cities. And you can't take that 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 out of the context. And just take a little town like Tucson over the years. You know, they brought in a chief who's now running your national security at the border, uh, Magnus, <laughs> and he just literally eviscerated the city of Tucson Police Department. Staffing levels went down to the times when I was a cop back in the mid-70s. You can't you, this is a huge urban center now, no longer policed by a full police department. So all these things have been happening regardless of what your president is okay. or who your president right. is. Is there any way to, within everything you're looking at, other than, oh, I have a feeling or a thought, is there any way to know, uh, to your point, Dave, these cities, again, these urban areas uh, that are run by, well, let's just call it what it is, Democrat politicians versus those that are Republican, so red and blue, let's call it red and blue, is there any way to know what those numbers are? Are there any comparisons that tell us, because that's real world data there that would tell us something for the electorate to see how each of these political parties cover crime. Is there anything on that level? Here's one of the problems, Malcolm. Nobody is willing to put this data together in, in, in one body for people mm. to read. And in fact, oh. what you hear oh. is rhetoric from guys like Gavin Newsom, the, the governor of California, who says, oh, no, it's all these red states where crime is up. No, it's does he say that? that? Does he say that? Does yeah, he? he does say that all the wow. time. And it's like, no, no, no. He he's talking about he won't talk about the cities in red states where they have crime on the rise. It's because of the blue run cities where crime is. on. Well, they are so clever, though. You've got to give them credit, Betsy. They're they're left. They're very clever. You know, and the problem is, Malcolm, is Republicans are so bad at hitting back. Oh, they're bad at that. And they're bad at messaging. Well, we're oh, yeah. terrible at messaging. This this is why here in Arizona, where where we live, that's why our 
Republican politicians are in the national news all the time because, you know, people like Carrie Lake and Blake Masters and Abe Hamaday are hitting back yeah. at those ridiculous. Oh, Democrat my golly. I seen a press conference the other day because, yeah, I just remember you guys are in Arizona. That's your state now. Right. That's where you are. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I just thought of that. I seen a conference the other day with Carrie Lake where they the where she did a press conference calling back the lies of the media. And I happened to someone uh, said it. I seen a good part of it. And I thought, wow, man, she I, every time I see that lady, she is impressive as hell. Um, you know, I mean, I, 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 she's I mean, is there any doubt she's going to be the next governor of Arizona? Well, you know, I, I, it's part of the problem we have is this: who trusts our our electioneering here? That I mean, the ability to conduct a legitimate election is in doubt. And if you doubt it, you're you're labeled as she is as a denier, even though the Democrats deny any time they lose. The problem, Malcolm. Frankly, you see the full court press. Name a mainstream media that's projected any kind of honest uh, right, representation. Right. Doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. Nothing. No, so, are you saying to me you're you're not? I, I think you're telling me, and I, I hadn't talked to you about that before, Dave. Are you are you really uh, deeply worried at the uh, at this point about the election integrity in Arizona? Just, I mean, for real, coming in to this. I, I, I am. Uh, I know we've done some steps. You know, both uh, you know Betsy and I are going to be working the poll. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, as judges, and the the thing okay. is, is that I think we need more people to get involved. We've been begging friends and neighbors to go out and become poll watchers and and help in, improve right. the integrity. Right. I mean, we're a republic. We're not a democracy. The republic right. demands that the vote itself has to be sacred and has to be secure. And and yet, yeah. you, you know, this is just not happening in our country nationwide. That's well, part of the problem. Well, let me to, let me just expand a minute on that. I, I spoke on the weekend to uh, you. You both know him, Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer, who is about as well spoken oh, sure. as they come oh, uh, when yeah. it comes to these sorts of things. And uh, and we, we were talking about exactly this point. And he, he just felt, though, and I don't know what you think about this, but he felt with the midterm coverage we were talking about that that it's so out there right now and it's so uh, egregious and the numbers there's such a uh, disparity of numbers between the red and the blue all the way across the board and the policies and the impact of these that he believes there's they're not going to be able to pull the shenanigans they did in 2020 uh, with covid because they used covid as the as the platform to do all this with remember you know it was all the ballot harvesting and all the funny business you know what i mean the mail and stuff and right you know, well, you know. and here's the thing. And that's what we've been talking about really for the last two years okay. is that what we're going to have to do is overwhelmingly mm -hmm. um, vote for the, the candidates that we want. And this is either party. You know, if you really want your candidate right. to win, you've got to get. Well, Betsy, do, do what the left does. Vote three or four times. The hell's <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's like John, Th John Fund's old uh, theory. You know, you, they can't cheat if you just overwhelm them. Hey, know? I just vote three or four times. So get your grandmother to vote. You great, great, great grandmother. You know, that's all you got to do. It's what the left does, right? They say. <laughs> I know. I, but but us just kidding around may put us in a gulag, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm just saying i'm just you know some of this stuff is so surreal it's hard to imagine so so you're still thinking that way that's fascinating in arizona we, all right well we, you know we're going to see what happens with this next election for sure and i i think that uh, there are a lot of schools of thought and people i'm talking to who think a lot of different ways on how they're going to play this but it is going to be a, tell a telltale sign in what our country is thinking 
And to the point of election integrity and what you were just talking about, Dave, being a constitutional republic and what that really means, which, again, the left, they get they know what it is, but they're in denial of that, too, because they want the urban cesspools to vote for president in a popular contest so they can steal everything at that point. You know, Uh, again, it's just the way this thing is. So circling back, I, I say to myself, uh, this is interesting information, but, but let's digress just a moment and get back to that crime of these things that are happening. He, here's what I want to do right now. Now, uh, so let me, let me, this is quite, kind of cool. So let me do this. Um, I, all right. I, I'll tell you what, rather than that, because we're already this far into the program, I, I, I want to really, the, one of the big takeaways I wanted to bring to everybody today on this program uh, with, uh, with both uh, Sergeant Betsy Smith and Lieutenant Dave Smith is what folks can do to protect themselves. You know, I, I'm very serious. We talk about, you know, these, uh, the house, uh, uh, burglaries are way up, crime at the home level, uh, this um, uh, uh, taking your car uh, from you. Uh, I even lost what the hell we call it a moment here. Uh, but um, uh, anyways, uh, Betsy, Dave, what do we call that again when they steal your car? It's um, not kidnapping, it's car We call it carjacking. Carjacking. I don't know why that yeah. went right out of my brain, but okay, thank you for that. So carjacking, sort of like kidnapping, but I guess you could call it carnapping, I guess. Well, well, that's as- exactly that's exactly what it is it's a, it's a, you know, I, it's I don't a, know where that came from but I, anyways I, I i had one of those uh uh those uh, senile moments or i don't, I don't want to say blonde moments because then you're insulting people you right. know? but yeah, it's I, also it's also sexual assaults malcolm yeah. um you yeah. know physical assaults it just it goes on and on and on and on and on and the high-end retail thefts is, you know, if that's you another feel, thing. That's another thing. Yeah. 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 If you're a business owner yeah. and and somebody yeah. can steal up to a thousand dollars of yeah. your merchandise, right, right, without getting prosecuted, well, why have a business? Betsy, we've seen a lot of that again through the and and Diva and the Black Lives Matter ransack in the streets. They remember that was the big deal just a couple of years ago, uh, right? That was happening. It, it absolutely was. And yet, yeah. just today, yeah. um, a poll came out that says only 17% of African-Americans support the defund the police movement. And I I believe that people are starting to realize that Black Lives Matter was simply a grift for to enrich a few people. Antifa is nothing but a terrorist organization. And the defund the police movement was nothing more, frankly, than a, a socialist well, uh, uh, plot, poli- if you will, to a socialist them. politician's wet dream. Uh, yes, but, uh, <laughs> to, you know, if you can destabilize your community, if you can That's destabilize it. your city yeah. and your your area, like Ilhan Omar and the rest of the squad yeah. did, yeah, then you can. You know, but here's the thing, Malcolm. People who don't feel safe aren't free, and people who aren't free start Amen. to try and look for. Amen solutions and very often they look to the wrong people that's right for them. that's right all right here's here's what i want to do now uh so all right i want to one of the things i want to bring to everybody today is things we can do to protect ourselves when we talk about the kinds of crimes that such a betsy's just discussing and a whole lot more of these kinds of things that people are dealing with i wanted to i mean really though get into uh, this is one of the things i would have done at the end of the program but i actually want to do it right at the when we come back from the pause uh, i want to really i just want to make sure you all get that really valuable information and then i also want to talk about criminal justice reform 
Uh, I want to talk about that as well in, in the second part of our conversation today, friends. But I but I'm, I promise you, when we come back in a moment here, I'm going to get right to the point of doing the aha moment of things we can do to protect ourselves from all of the kinds of crimes we're talking about that are escalating right now. You know, it becomes a society that is no longer safe, as Sancho Messi was just saying, in fact, when you no longer feel safe. I'm hearing that a lot these days. I'm hearing a lot. And, you know, nothing gets me more unsettled as a person. And and I know Dave and Betsy can relate to what I say here. Uh, but it, I'm, I'm telling you, and I've always been this way. I don't like injustices and I, I don't like people being manipulated and victim this victimization. Uh, it, that's always that's been the mantra of America out loud from the get go is to put justice back where injustice is. That's why we say liberty and justice for all. That's the mantra of this platform, friends. And that's for all meaning for all. We don't ask you again for your voter card or whether you have a D or an R or an I. You know, like everything, that's what I try to tell you. You're you're a human being. You're worthy of saving, and you're worthy of somebody to a, to a higher order here. Uh, what we don't take is the the marxist criminal intent the evil people there's too much of that out there friends and that's the fight that we really are fighting or it's a fight of good and evil it's what it is all the time here man so uh, there's a lot to what i say there but it's it's really it's very very important to this conversation now what so i want to get into and i just and so Betsy and dave hear me as well they'll know that that's where we're going to go right when we come back here in just a moment is we're going to get into that and then some of the criminal justice reform and continue to bring this uh, very valuable information so and you know we got to get this out to people this information here you're 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 hearing today from two of the you, you just hear the information you're getting two of the most informed people i believe in law enforcement period they just are and you also are hearing uh, a sense, you know, you you know what I mean, friends. When you hear people that are, uh, you know, very sincere, very sincere, very authentic, uh, and that's why we're peeling this right in front of you, looking at the, the data and the facts and understanding what's really developing. Uh, coming into the uh, winter season for all of us, no matter where you are, I'm seeing a lot of reports now. Uh, let's be let's be real clear, everybody. What I'm going to tell you now: a lot of reports on the fact of the resurgence of a lot of these viruses, flus, COVID stuff. I see the other day, and this is really a very striking number. And in fact, that over a thousand people a day are still dying in our hospitals because of COVID. That's an unbelievable number. Of course, our hospitals have these bad policies of uh, remdesivir and ventilator. They're not putting the proper uh, therapeutics and helping people out uh, the right way. Uh, they're going against people's wishes. Uh, and uh, so that's another big problem as well. There is a press conference, depending when you hear this, friends, on talk radio or podcast. If it's on podcast, you'll get it on vi video afterward. But uh, I want to tell you right now about a the whistleblower report press conference on Tuesday, November 1st. It's All Saints Day, by the way. Noontime, Eastern time. So that's 9 Pacific. Right on the network here, uh, you will get from the whistleblower report a live press conference, okay, right there. And you can see the video of it. If you come to AmericaOutloud.com, right up at the top, it will take over that top news story, and it will stream live, this uh, one-hour press conference from noon to one. And we encourage you to jump into this, and this is uh, called Stop the White Coat Killers. 
And it's about the, 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 the health care they're going right after, the doctors and the people at these hospitals that are killing our fellow Americans by doing the wrong thing. And this is all these COVID policies. And uh, so you can see a live stream video here where it's being broadcast on America Out Loud from Truth For Health Foundation. Or you can listen to America Out Loud Talk Radio, the whistleblower report that plays at noontime Eastern every day. But Tuesday show, you'll hear that press conference. Now, you got to tell everybody about this. I want you to send this around to folks noontime on Tuesday, the 1st of November. If it's after that and you hear this on podcast, no problem. Just go ahead and uh, look up the uh, the podcast or look up the video. You can see it all. It's all at americaoutloud.com, friends. But let people know about this, please. Get this out there, for God's sakes, and let folks know. We need to inform. That's the whole basis of this platform is informing folks, okay? We need your help. I, I really need your help to do that, please. we got to multiply our efforts, okay? The other thing coming into this cold and flu, and the, so COVID is, they're, they're seeing a resurgence of some of these variants. Remember, when winter season comes, that's when flu and influenza becomes a real bear. They're expecting the combination of those things with the COVID and what's happening to create some real problems uh, for our for our uh, populace here, for our people. So you got to stay safe. you got to take the right stuff. And there's multiple ways to do that. That's part of our job here at America Out Loud to keep you safe with a lot of our MDs. Uh, nasal hygiene is one way to do that. If you don't have Cofix RX, you're, you're, you're just playing with the wrong thing here. Cofix RX and Clear as well. Now, Cofix RX is made with povidine iodine. Clear is made with xylitol. Clear is XLEAR. But let me tell you, both of these, let me just put it right out there, will kill uh, viruses, influenzas, uh, pathogens, superbugs, uh, monkeypox, uh, giraffe vomit, as I always laugh when I say that, you know, or SARS-CoV-2. The point is it kills everything, friends, okay? And that's what that does. Now, uh, clear you can get in any pharmacy, drugstore in the country, just XLEAR, pick it up for yourself and be safe. CofixRx.com uh, forward slash out loud, you can get online and you get that in some stores as well. But online, you'll get 20% off when you use the out loud code. That's the point of what I need to tell you there. You can click the little banner at back at America Out Loud and save that 20% on CofixRx. With the povidine iodine, it's just a couple of squirts in your left and right nostrils. Get get that up there a couple of times and spit it out. Whatever you got to do, get the pathogens out of there. That's the point, okay? And you'll be far better than it get into your respiratory tract and make you sick as hell. You don't want that, friends, okay? And the other thing is don't forget healthy cell. You get 25% off your first order. Immune Super Boost. Vitamin C, vitamin D3, zinc, echinacea extract, elderberry extract. Use the code out loud. You now get 25% off that first order. Only our listeners get that. Nobody else. It's just a fact. We sell more healthy cell and more Cofix than anybody in the country. But that's why, friends, uh, th th those companies do. We don't. We're not in the business of selling it. We're in the business of getting the word to you to sell it. All that banner ads and information are back in America Out Loud. Inform yourself, educate yourself, empower yourself. That's how you do it, friends. We'll take a quick pause now, and we'll join you on the other side here. You're listening to the voice of a nation. Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. All right, you've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the pulpitone iodine-based nasal spray Cofix RX. 
They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple. By attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the CofixRx banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Welcome back, my friends, uh, to the voice of a nation. Here it is, Malcolm Out Loud, yours truly. And uh, as I always tell you, it is a privilege, my privilege, uh, to be with you always. I consider it a treat to be uh, doing this every day uh, in my, of my life, plus the weekend show, Viewpoint This Sunday. Um, it keeps me pretty busy, uh, my fellow Americans. I'd say it keeps me out of trouble, but the nature of what I do keeps me in trouble. So that would be the opposite of the truth. And so we'll give you the out loud truth. and. Uh, we put it out there and uh, you take it however you want to take it, but it is the truth. Uh, we're talking here today with uh, Sergeant Betsy Smith. Uh, she's a spokesperson for the National Police Association. And uh, Lieutenant Dave Smith is a police trainer. Uh, it, it both have recognized industry uh, experts, if you will, and uh, well, well known in, uh, in uh, law enforcement and, and really throughout the country. Um, Betsy, Dave, always a privilege to have you here. I wanted to inform all of our listeners. I wanted to get this valuable information out to them. Now, I want to talk right now about things we, we, we see. Everybody you see in these videos, they're all over the place on uh, the YouTubes and the videos and the social medias and all this kind of stuff for, for carjackings or car napping, I call it kidnapping when I lost the thought before the break. Uh, but uh, uh, that's a real problem. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about that the other day, guys. Dave, I was actually thinking, you know, I see some of these videos and I'm thinking, what would I do? Do you know, I got to tell you something, even before this happened, anytime, you know how sometimes you step out of a car and you leave it running because you step in a door somewhere, right? You know what I'm saying? People do that, right? Right. And you leave the car running. And sometimes your, your wife is in there or your daughter, your son or whatever. And, you know, but like it's raining out, you don't shut it off because you're, you're you know, you're step, you're taking five steps away. And you don't even think somebody's going to do anything. Right. Right. But somebody does something. You know, I always have made it a habit of myself. And I tell you, I swear to you, I, even before this became a problem, I would turn around and I would say to my wife or my daughter or whoever's there. And I say, lock the door. Even if I, because I want to keep it running for them, but I got to step in something five feet away for two minutes. It only takes two minutes. What does it take? 30 seconds or 10 seconds for somebody to steal your car, right? What, yeah, what? absolutely. Yeah. And and that this is something that Dave and I actually practice is when he 
jumps out to, for example, put gas in the truck. Right. Um, I sit there, I put down my phone and I lock the door and I pay attention to what's going on. And that's, that's what we want everybody to do. It, you know, there are things that you can do to help keep yourself safe. You so that's one of them with yeah. carjacking. Go ahead, Dave. Well, I, you know, here's one of the things, you know, that simple situational awareness, you hear that more and more, that's a vogue thing to say, you know, that we, we have a lot of military terms leaking into our language because of these kind of critical issues. But simply being aware, where are you? Who is that person walking by you? Who is that uh, fellow on the corner? And what is he doing? What's he attending to? And these are all things. Ask yourself questions when you're driving around, when you're walking around, uh, when you're in your house and you look out the window and you see somebody. You know, the, the critical thing is, is just have an awareness, attend to, pay attention to things that are going on around you. And that's one of the critical things we see. And we ask people to mentally prepare themselves for the fact that your life is not worth your car or your purse or anything else. So if somebody does... Uh, you know, open up your car door, demand that you get out unless you're prepared to engage them with a firearm or physically, whatever it is, uh, mentally prepare for the fact that, hey, my car is not worth my life. So if you have nothing else, you know, no kid or wife or whatever is mm -hmm. in there, right. then step out and let it go. And but that's something you have to mentally prepare for, because it's our it's our instinct yeah. to fight for that vehicle or fight oh, yeah. for my oh, yeah. purse. Right. Yeah. And you got to remember your life is not worth stuff. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I would have a hard time, Betsy, with my personality to walk away. You understand? You know, right. well, uh, and, and yeah. Malcolm, the, the point is, is as a yeah. free human being in our right. society, you right. expect to be able to do your day to day activities right. without being molested, without. And this is one of the key issues you're saying is you, you were raised to be a a, a, a free man in the in a free world with men and women who could own their property, do what they wanted in life. And we're seeing that limited constantly now by not only the state, but by criminality and people who aren't safe, aren't free. That's something people have to understand. Yeah, no, no, there is. I mean, that's what people are seeing right now with crime on the rise, as you're, you're saying here. What about so so situational awareness? That's a good thing to put out there. What you were saying, Dave, right? Situational awareness, always right. being aware. You know, I'm the kind of you know, it's another thing. And you both, I probably can relate to this. I, I always have been that kind of person of situational awareness because I know some people who are oblivious to whatever the hell is going on. They pay no attention whatsoever. And those are the people a lot of times that become victims of this sort of thing. I'm always, the, and I don't know how many people think like I do, but like if I'm in a restaurant or if I'm anywhere, doesn't matter where the place is, any sort of a public venue. And, you know, public venues have become fertile grounds for assaults, from movie theaters mm -hmm. to uh, all kinds of public venues of restaurants, outdoor. You never know when somebody's going to combine to decide to level the field because they've got some grievance or have got mentally incapacitated or mentally deranged, whatever. I'm always the kind of person, back to situational awareness, Dave, I, I always, you know, when I'm in a room or in an environment, I have to face the door or face the whatever the entrance is. I always, I never have my back to it. I'm not comfortable with it. I've never been comfortable with that. That There's something to that, isn't there? Absolutely. You know, and this is the thing. Uh, we live in a society today where you watch most of these videos of these sudden spontaneous knockout games or assaults or carjacking. Right. People don't, they they get 
uh, literally uh, uh, develop a sense of never looking away, ne or never looking at. I mean, they will constantly look away. I was just watching a video of a guy knocked onto the tracks of a subway station. And again, it's everybody goes out of their way not to make eye contact. Yet here you have this guy suddenly charge this fellow and knock him into the tracks. You know, we have no idea. And I don't care what the motive is for that guy. I don't care. There's just no, no moral justification. And we need to condemn that, stigmatize it. But then we're going to need to change the way we do business. If right. we're going to continue to have public transportation, for instance, right. we're going to either have to add cops to it or add a, a change the way we ride around. Like you said, right. you need to pay attention. Yeah, part of the thing we do need to talk about in, in a moment now, the criminal justice reform, but also, uh, which is part of that conversation, like you say, getting the criminals off the street, Dave, is the point of that, uh, and making sure they are paying for the crimes, because there is a price to pay for all this, and if we're allowing these um, these uh, jackass politicians to throw everybody back on the street because it's some talking point that they think they're doing well with minorities for that standpoint that they are trying to steal votes and this is a way for them to do it, I think is total rubbish. Again, I, I think crime is crime. Democrat, Republican, black, white, Asian, it doesn't matter. They don't ask you what, you know, what that is. We, we all are susceptible to it. So it's a human thing is what I suggest to you. Um, now, but staying right before we leave this here, part of it. So situational awareness, back to the uh, don't leave your car running with nobody in the, uh, with, they're going to steal the car in a lot of places is what I'm gathering. They'll leave the door open or something else or at a gas station and they knock you over the head. You probably have to take your key and put it in your thing or shut it off or be aware of who's around you. Problem is, here's the thing, guys. And again, how much of this uh, stealing of cars is happening? I see, I see it a lot. I don't know if it's in epidemic proportion or not or what the numbers are. But I, I think part of the problem is that, you know, if you've got your gas thing in the in the tank, your your hose, and, you know, you, you can't drive off with the thing attached to the thing, you'll set the whole thing ablaze. And, you know, you're sitting there, you're kind of, you know, you're kind of a sitting duck, aren't you guys? When, you know, you're, you're kind of a sitting duck. Well, how does that work? You know? Well, here's the problem. You're, you're, you're hitting a key problem we have. There are what you would literally say is these these points in your life where you're most vulnerable. You know, you're in the box canyon, so to speak, you know, the, the, where the ambush can happen. And that's exactly those kind of things. When you're uh, in a public transportation, when you're getting gas, when you're uh, parking in a in a parking lot to go shopping. These are very vulnerable spots. And you and, and again, I can use the term, you know, uh, you know, be as uh, aware as you possibly can be alert, stay alert. All these terms, we can we can say whatever we want. The point is, is there's going to be a lot of things happening around you and you can't possibly attend to everyone and everything around you. And you're right. right. right where there's points of greatest vulnerability. Uh, you've got to try to harden the target as much as right. possible. Betsy says, lock the door, uh, pay attention. And again, um, I can't, that's why it's so important. We have politicians who support law enforcement, exactly. who support, you know, criminality. We got to stigmatize it. We got to punishment, punish it. We got to, everybody forgets uh, their operation, uh, you know, the operant behavior studies, you know, you punish a behavior, it extinguishes that behavior. Well, let's extinguish criminality. Amen. Amen to that. All right. There was an interesting piece in the New York Times, criminal justice reform. Uh, and just let me read you this. Republican lawmakers up for re-election in Pennsylvania filed articles of impeachment last week against Philadelphia's progressive district attorney. Exactly what we were talking about earlier, guys, in the program, right? 
saying that he was responsible for an increase in crime. Well, most all of them are. Now, I understand crime in Philadelphia and a lot of area of Pennsylvania is sky high. Is that correct, guys? Is that correct? Yeah. And you combine that, Malcolm, with the fact that their police officers are leaving at a at a very alarming rate. It's another police department that is horrific. Well, because there's a price to pay staff. for this war on cops. There's a price right. to pay. Well, and yeah. Was, if you if you're the police and and yeah. your community is mad at you for doing your job, and then your prosecutor's office won't prosecute the cases you bring to them, but in and and in fact works harder to indict you and your brothers and sisters for doing things that well, you haven't done wrong. You know, why would who you the hell would the want job? the job? Who the hell would want the job right. at that point? Yes. Nobody. I mean, you have to have a couple of screws loose if you're doing that. I mean, you got to treat people with respect. Um, so what's going on? The, the, what they're saying here with this criminal justice reform piece, uh, they, they say that the racial gap, they want to explain one such shift. So they're saying this is good news uh, is what they're saying, because there's a racial shift. And that there's they're less targeting of some of the racial minorities. You, you read the piece. What do you think of that? Well, you know, the, part of it. Anytime I read the word racial in any of these analysis <laughs> or studies, I, I know exactly where we're headed here. And this is part of the problem: is we have to let's quit focusing on who's in prison. Let's focus on who are the victims and who are the suspects, because that's that's prior to any conviction. And what you see then is an overwhelming thing that people of color are the vast majority of victims in these crimes. People of uh, color are the mass uh, majority of, of uh suspects in these cases. Therefore, who else are we going to go out and look for? Who else are we going to arrest? Uh, and then again, you find the recidivism rate. People who are criminals tend to be criminals for uh, until about age 45. I mean, there's just nothing you can do, but really warehouse somebody. I mean, we all talk about yeah. we're going to change their life. We're going to like, there's going to be some epiphany. Yet why in this day and age, what epiphany do they need? They, they got they get out. They're going to have a stipend from the government. They can live effectively there. They can, uh, you know, live the life of criminality now without almost any kind of uh, problem whatsoever. You know, you're seeing guys with 100 plus arrests back out being arrested again. And and, the, and and this is part of the problem. But I, people I, have to demand better, Dave. They have exactly. to demand better. And let, let's face it, and that's the importance of the election, where we need to spend our last few moments here, is that people need to demand better, and we need to hold them accountable. And because this is very personal. Crime is very personal. It's very, very, and it will destroy your life in a heartbeat, not to mention even rapes and murders and these hardened crimes are, uh, you know, everything seems to be... Uh, Again, I guess coming into the uh, the voting now, the election, we talk about the escalation of crime. Uh, the left is saying it's not really that bad. Others are saying it is really that bad. Uh, again, unless it's attacked you in your own personal life, people weigh the odds. And like everything else, it's a lottery in life. You, you play, you gamble. Uh, but... Crime impacts you, can destroy your life and, um, and be done with it in a hot second. So what do we say now, Betsy, coming into the election now, um, putting crime in perspective right now as people vote and how personal it is in the escalation of crime. Um, and we've just given them tips on how to protect themselves and back and forth. But uh, what, what should people glean from all of this? Well, let's make it personal. When when the left talks about, you know, racialization, let this is there's a reason why the black population in this country is moving to the right 
politically because who is the number one who who has the highest homicide victimization in this country it's black people malcolm and they're not being murdered by the american law enforcement and so you're talking about black on black crime now well, yes, but you know, but the the since 2018, the and and continuing to now, the number one group of people racially that is that are the victim of homicide is black people. So here's the thing, and and Trump said it so well uh, when he ran for president. He he asked the black community, "What do you have to lose? Right. What do you have to lose?" Well, I think the black community now is recognizing that what they have to lose is their lives. So that's why they are moving politically to the right. Well, you could ask that question right now, Betsy. You could also ask the question, are you better off now than you were two years ago, right? Well, of course. Who would answer that? And I don't know anybody who could say, yeah, I mean, nobody. So what people, you know, the, the left wants to talk about, you know, reproductive rights, which is abortion. And what's happening on the right is people are talking about really two things crime and justice and they're talking about inflation so when we talk about crime when we talk about criminal justice people are seeing that the progressive policies of quote unquote criminal justice reform really means the de-incarceration of criminals and it means the de-policing of the streets of america so when you when you take people out of prison or you don't put them there in the first place and you remove the assets of law enforcement including patrol officers police officers equipment training and community policing programs you have a big problem and that's what we have right now in america and i think in a week people are going to speak and they're going to say, I'm tired of it. I want to be safe and I want to go about my daily life without having to worry about hearing about my kid shot or getting carjacked or anything else. Yeah. yeah. Well, there are so many policies that are impacting people's lives right now. Crime being one of the more significant ones we touched on uh, the, even the immigration problem. Now people, uh, especially a lot of areas are seeing how reckless this is. Uh, you almost could run on any policy because they all are outrageous. They're terrible. Yeah. The quality of life for Americans right now is in the toilet. I mean, there just isn't any there. And so we are expecting this to be quite an election here. Um, Dave, I've got just one minute left here. I'm going to give you the last word here. What do you think? Well, I think everyone else has to understand every two years, America has a chance for a revolution and not a violent uh, storm the Bastille type of revolution, but a vote. And that vote is you you really literally can replace your entire House of Representatives, the bodies that controls the money and creates the laws for the United States. That's a tremendous power. And people need to take it back. Look at your politicians. Who supports law and order? Who supports a strong border? Who supports a a, a, a fiscal policy that makes yeah. sense? These are things you have to ask yourself because you can see the vast difference between red states and blue states, between blue cities and, and, the, and the cities that are controlled by law and order, uh, people who believe in the mm-hmm. law and still trust the police. Oh, tremendous. Thank you here to Sergeant Betsy Smith, Lieutenant Dave Smith. Always a privilege to be with him. Friends, I hope you have a little more clarity uh, you know what to do. And the main thing is everybody votes. And uh, again, if you're voting for the right candidates, so vote three, four, five times. No worries there. Get your great, great grandmother to vote here. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, come on now. Come on now. Yeah, somebody will say to me later on, you, you really encouraged people to do that, didn't you? No, I did not. It's just what's called a sarcastic joke. That's all it is there. My friends, thank you for joining me on the mission here. It's time to get involved. And get loud, America.